Welcome back to Points of Intersection. I'm your host, Jonah Kunish. This is part two of a two-part analysis of the album Forget and Not Slow Down by Reliant K. Uh, Katie and Eli join me once again to finish off discussing the album. Uh, there are some surprising twists and turns. We get a little loopy as we get tired and it gets toward two in the morning, as I mentioned in the last podcast. Uh, we finished recording at about 2.30. But uh, we did finish it out, and I think it is a well uh, thought out and thorough analysis of the album. So hopefully you enjoy. Here is part two. Alright, next song is called Over It. I just want to start this off by saying that I thought I knew what this song meant for a long time. We kind of talked about that perspective of, I mean... We are recording this close to the 10-year anniversary of this album coming out. So to think, like, what has changed over the course of a decade, both, like, in the world and culturally in the United States, um, but also, like, our understanding of what he's talking about back then, how it applied to our lives back then, and how it does so now. It's kind of mind-blowing. But I, th- I thought this was kind of cut and dry the first hundred times I heard it about he's over it, he's over... The relationship and I think it could be argued that this is part of that healing process that coping process to say I'm over it like it's behind me now but recently I think it was this morning I thought of the possibility that based on the previous song where he's talking to God and about God I think he might be talking about a form of faith that has died in this song and I say that based on the line uh, if I don't repeat myself, then I'll change into someone else. Well, I don't quite know who. Been searching for a few years now. And I think that line especially, I've been searching for a few years now. He's saying, like, I don't know who I'm about to become. I don't know what to think of all of this. Um, I've been searching for a few years now. And it, that goes into the chorus of, I'm over it. Yeah, behind me now, I'm just over it. So I think in some sense, and this might be referring to a phase in his life or a thought that he has of just like, I'm I'm sick of searching because I know like myself, I've been there where I'm just like, this is tiring, trying to figure out all the answers to like life's big questions. So I think that's a possibility. He could very well be talking about the relationship that he just went through and getting over that. What do you guys think about those two possibilities? I think that pivotal word that you use is tired of it. I think that this is a repetition of the theme in the first song, what I thought was going on in the first song, because I think that he's tired of trying to figure it out. He hasn't figured it, he hasn't figured it out, and he's ready to just say, throw up his hands and say, the past is the past again, and I'm going to forget about it and move on. The next verse after what you were saying, it ends with no... I don't know what's over just yet, but I won't go slow and time can let the mind forget. He says, I I won't go slow and time can let the mind forget. I think that is a very hopeful line saying, I hope that time can let the mind forget. Are you saying that he probably is referring to the relationship and that he's hoping with time the mind will forget? Well, I think he's saying, from what you said, then I'll change the line. Then I'll change into someone else. Well, I don't quite know who. Been searching for a few years now. 
I think that's referring to the years that he spent in that relationship and he was being molded by being in that relationship and changing with and through this other person. And now that they're separated, he has to decide whether he's going to become someone else or continue on in that same vein that they were going on together. And that's kind of frustrating. So now he wants to just say that time is going to take care of itself. Let the chips fall where they may, essentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think another reason why I think it's possible that he's talking about faith here and kind of like maybe even just a passing phase of his life is that it doesn't, to me, make a lot of sense overall to the context of the rest of the album. Like, he's, he's saying things like, it's still an attempt to be egoless while self-assured. If I'm still unsure that I'm pretty sure, that I'm pretty good, God, you know I'm good and over it. Yeah, behind me now. There's that sounds one. like he's fluctuating between being sure and not sure so many times throughout what you just read. Yeah, what about what about this line? Or what about this passage? He says in verse 3, I'll protect your universe or make a mess to make it worse, but time will only tell you and no one else. So I ah. think... Sorry, real quick. I think that is pretty explicitly talking about God again because he's saying, like, protect your universe. Not your world, but your universe. Time will only tell you. So, anyway, it's a possibility. I, just very quickly, so these lyrics have not been wrong so far, so I'm going to be wrong, but I always thought it said, I'll protect your universe or make amends. I think they've been worse a couple, or I think they've been wrong a couple times, but... Yeah, so I thought it said amends to make it worse, not make a mess. Can you explain that to me? What that might mean if it does say amends? That... Because, because of, how is it making it worse if he's making amends? Because he's the bad guy in the story. In the story she's telling. How is he the bad guy by making amends? She wants to just drop it all. He's trying to fix the relationship. Or and, he he's was. Just, and he's just making it worse by trying to fix it. Yeah. Or proving okay. that he's not the bad guy. Proving that he's still a good guy and making amends somehow. So I don't know. I don't that, know. That it's maybe so more saying, complex than the narrative yeah. she is painting. So he's saying that is an option. So I'm not going to do that. I'm just yeah. over it. Instead of saying, I'm wrong, I'm I'm this horrible person, I'm going to go, that would make it easy. But to say, like, no, this is more complicated than you think. I want to apologize for what I did, but I also want to explain some blah, 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 blah. That could make it worse in a lot of ways. If you would just say, I'm wrong, and leave when they hurt you, That'd be so much easier than them saying, and I'm not necessarily saying in this context, I don't know, but that'd be so much easier than someone saying, you're hurt for no reason, you're overreacting, and making amends, saying, I'm sorry that you felt that way, and I'm sorry that this thing that I did made you feel that way, and I legitimately am sorry for that, but this is the actual situation, and now we need to come to terms with that together. That's making amends, I feel like, and that can make it more complicated, than just like, I'm sorry, I'm terrible, I'm leaving, you're in the right, I'm in the wrong. You know, I don't know. But that's, I always thought it was make a So that would be protecting your universe. But, no, 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 it's protecting your universe or make amends. Right. To make it worse. Yeah, so protecting your universe would be saying, you're right, I'm wrong. Bye. This is the universe you've created. Mm. I got it. You can have it. Super. Great. Bye. 
mm. or make amends would be, this is more complicated than you think. And I still am sorry for the part I played in it, but it's not what you think it is. And, and that saying, makes it worse. Hmm. That makes it worse. Because then there's less closure about it all. Yeah. Say, like, maybe there's something to salvage there, but it's dead. <laughs> As opposed to, like, it was all shot anyway, so just let it go. Yeah, or I destroyed it and you didn't. Mm. And maybe I destroyed 75%, but you destroyed 25% of it. I don't know. I don't know exactly what it means, but I think it's a really... If it is make amends to make it worse, I think that's a really intriguing line. And it is a totally believable line. I don't know what the actual line is. That's what I thought it was, make amends. I think that's more of the uh, word usage that he tends toward anyway. Yeah. That style. Um, I will say, I'll jump in real quick. Um, I'm not totally sure what you guys said before, but um, just for... Are you even listening to me? <laughs> it's like you're not even in the room. <laughs> I really quickly, just for the first couple lines, and I don't know how much it actually is. I don't know how connected this is to the rest of the song. And I, I'll admit that I haven't really looked to the lyrics of the song. I've just like listened to them. But looking especially at verse one and verse two as they're delineated on the website that I'm looking at on Genius, it's makes me think very much of what I was kind of going through in high school of feeling like there was a person I was supposed to be and trying to be that person and then finally letting myself go to be the person I wanted to be if that makes sense hmm. and so there I had to come to a point of like I don't know what's going on the day I come to understand I haven't got a clue I've been searching for a few years now for who I'm supposed to be. But if I don't just keep repeating these same patterns of who I've been told I'm supposed to be and repeating and repeating, I eventually will get to understand who I've chosen to be more so than who I'm supposed to be. So are you saying the difference between creating yourself and finding yourself? Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I hate the phrase finding yourself. I am 100% about creating yourself okay and that you get to be for the most part i understand there are obvious limitations and i don't love the idea of the american dream and you could be whoever you want to be but i think you can in your personality you get to choose what kind of person you want to be it has nothing to do with your occupation it has nothing to do with your education you get to choose what kind of person you want to be and i don't like the idea of finding yourself I strongly disagree, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I felt trapped by that. Yeah. And so I see that in the song of being trapped in who you're supposed to be and finding, quote-unquote, finding who you're supposed to be, rather than saying, I wish I was more outgoing, and finding a way within the way you operate to be more of that person. Yeah, but that's the thing is, it's how you operate. So you do have to kind of find your best self in that way. Like, you have materials to work with, but those are the materials that you're given, you know? So I think there's a lot to say for, like, outside influences and genetics and, like, how your behavior is shaped based on how you were brought up all play a part. And so does the choices you make, but I just think there's a lot to say for the influences and, 
Yeah, I, I personally think you choose. You can choose your best path, but that best path is already set based on all those factors that I already mentioned. Would you disagree? Uh, I agree to a point. Mm. Uh, and part of that agreeing to a point is almost the kind of free will predestination thing of, a, like, even if there is predestination is a real thing, you should live as if there's free will. Yeah. Yeah, I think everyone pretty much agrees with that. That you should live as if there's free will and that the choices you make matter, even if they yeah. don't believe in free will. And so I I just want to, like, just to be, like, really transparent here, there was a lot of time in high school where I was like, I don't have any friends because I don't know how to be a good friend because I never reach out to people. And there was a realization for me of, like, that's because you choose not to reach out to people. You know, like, I was really trying to be a good person, quote-unquote, but I wasn't trying to be the person that I wish I was. And when I switched to trying to be the person that I wish I was, rather than the person that I thought that that's the only person I could... I don't know if that makes sense. But I felt much, I felt much better about myself when I was like, I'm going to do this thing that makes me uncomfortable because it's who I wish I was rather than who I actually am, yeah. quote unquote. You were empowered by agency and knowing that you had a choice to make yeah. no matter. So even if really it's that. true that you have to find yourself, I would always tell people to create themselves. Mm. Yeah. And I think there's something in that in this in the first few lines of this song. I'll admit to who I am the day I come to understand I haven't got a clue. I don't know who I'm supposed to be. I'm just going to find who I want to be. And I'm going to work with what I have and try to become that person that I want to be. Mm-hmm. Rather than trying to figure out who am I supposed to be. Yeah. All right. Yeah, for the sake of time, let's jump to the next song. That is Sahara. So I think... This song has been my classic favorite of the album. Um, I think lyrically it's amazing. I think it's probably the most in-your-face song as far as like aggressiveness goes. But it is this theme of the desert, the Sahara Desert, essentially. Um, I think it's talking about the desert of his mind and his desert imagery throughout. Uh, the opening lines are lying on my side, knowing inner thirst is how I'll die, chalk on my tongue. Lying on the night beneath the dunes is where I lie to block the sun. Trying to ignite some sort of passion from inside to overcome. This feeling of desertion can't be worse than never having anyone. And the chorus... Er, sorry, I'm going to skip the chorus for now. Uh, verse 2, I think, is playing off of that first verse. Um, but this is the line that I think is amazing. And I personally think it's the best line of the album. Um, obviously, there are a lot of candidates for that, and we can talk about that about uh, what lines you guys think are the best but it says a lion on his side was it the lying or his pride which brought him down there's just so many double meanings in that (laughs) short little compact uh couple lines that it's amazing to me anyway with that said i really like the song i like the aggressiveness i like the kind of straightforward angst to it all and i think it all it is also talking about the process and he's going through this phase in the process where he is lashing out, essentially, um, is my understanding. I think, think that uh, we talked about before we actually dove into these songs, 
we talked about the difference between the clarity as to the meaning and then I, I said that there's a lot of symbology that's interspersed into this album. I think this is the first song that really shows a whole lot of abstract sim symbology. And it's a little harder to really digest. You've been saying symbology Symbol this whole time. Symbolism. Is that a real word? Yeah. <laughs> symbolism, I think, is the word you're looking for. I figured you were mixing like symbolism and imagery. Well, symbolism. Is... So I think this is the first song that really dives into that symbolism. Mm. Yeah. Um, I will say, while I really love the imagery that this song portrays, and I think it's super, super clever with the lion um this has been one of my least favorite songs on the album honestly and one that i pretty regularly skip or kind of tune out how dare you <laughs> um and like looking at it now it's it's pretty short so yeah. it seems unnecessary to skip so i'm like why have i been doing that hmm. um and to be honest, I think that the chorus of basically don't ever turn me loose even when I turn my back is a little problematic for me. Hmm. If you're asking a person to do that, right? I And maybe it is my own personal experience of multiple people in my life asking me to quote-unquote love them unconditionally as they treat me like crap and for me to say finally say like mm, no if you're gonna treat me like that you're not gonna be a part of my life and to see like very hard outcomes from that and so it feels and so and also like thinking about it in the context of which I don't know if this is true but if it was someone who cheated on me and then they're coming back to me saying well please just love me unconditionally I'm not saying that's an unreasonable request, but it probably isn't something that I personally could grant. Mm. Yeah, and the opening line of the bridge is, I never told you then that I'd be easy to love. Supposedly I'm a man, but I felt like a cub. Uh, so again, the line imagery, but he's saying like, I told you from the get-go, I might be kind of hard to love. Yeah. And you're saying like, that's still not a good reason, <laughs> like a good excuse <laughs> if he's asking her to continue loving him after yeah. big mistakes i i just think it's and ever i think everyone asks for that at one point or another everyone says i treated you like, i treated you like crap but please love me now because that's what i need um i've just found that to be really problematic in relationships that i've seen and relationships that i've been a part of and so this song for me well i think it's crazy clever in a lot of the imagery it uses and the words and the symbolism that it uses, I really like it. But symbology. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it has, it's been problematic for me. It's just, don't ever turn me loose, no matter what, even when I turn it back on you. And that is just a crazy thing to ask of people. Is that God there? I, that's what I was just thinking. <laughs> Going back to the her versus God theme. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it could be, like, don't ever leave me to my own devices. Because, like, I know what I'm capable of, and it's horrendous. <laughs> and, yeah, if it is, I, I just have, I haven't seen that as God. Um, it's For me, it is something that I don't ask of God. It's something that I thank God for. 
Because he says, he says just take these bones and bring them back to life. Which is very much Ezekiel. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. And that would make way more sense that God is the one who can do that. And to ask that of people is... And I, obviously, like, I'm not married. I'm not in a relationship. It's something that I have had a hard time doing with people. Marrying. So. Marrying them, <laughs> you know. No, just like... Keeping people in my life who yes. have treated me like I don't matter, basically. Mm-hmm. You don't matter, but I want you in my life. Mm, okay, I'm going to leave then. <laughs> like, so it's it's a different thing if it, I think, it's a different thing if it's asking God. But I also think it's, for at least in my own life, it's been more of a, oh, thank you, God, for not turning your back when I acted like this. Rather than a, like, please don't turn your back. Which... Is different for different people, so I don't know. I think um, those lines, "Don't ever turn me loose, even when I turn my back." Uh, this came out before Twenty One Pilots' "Blurry Face" album, but I think the song "Doubt" really echoes this song when it says, "Don't forget about me, even when I doubt you. I'm no good without you." I think it's saying like that. Just our double-mindedness of doubt, but please don't leave me. Like even as I doubt you. Like, even as I question everything, don't leave me alone. Um, so I think I could potentially be saying that also if it if it's going with the, uh, the talking to God kind of theme. All right, moving right along. Uh, no, we're on Oasis. <laughs> that is Oasis. Yeah. Oasis. <laughs> so Oasis is the next song. It's another transition song. Um, he says savannah over and over again and it's really slowed down it's dreamy this time it's almost like transcendent or drugs <laughs> like ayahuasca takes you on a trip psychedelic psychedelic it's almost psychedelic and it's uh it's kind of trance like yeah it's like savannah savannah it's 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 retrospective it's yeah it's kind of yeah. dreamy it's yep so, I feel like I have to throw in this little tidbit of information going off the album that I referenced earlier. That will be in the show notes. Um, apparently, Savannah, Georgia is where Matt Thiessen took his fiance often when they were dating and engaged for a trip together. So, he would take her to Savannah, Georgia. And this is obviously going into the next song, which is called Savannah. And we can assess the lyrics there. But I think it's important to keep that in mind. And in Savannah, he talks about... This might kind of go back to the the whole you theme in a sense. I think we kind of know who the yous are generally uh, throughout the album. But in this song, Savannah, he's right, he's, he writes it and he sings it as if Savannah is the name of his girl. The name of his lover. Um, says, Savannah, I hope to be there by the morning and see this pining all transforming. In the arms of the Georgia sun. So that again tells you, Georgia sun, he's talking about Savannah, Georgia. Um, I love to feel the heat, the sunrise, brushing rays across my windshield as if one dries, the streams from off my face. In a later verse, he says, he talks about the hair falling off your neck. So it's like he's singing to Savannah, the place, and also Savannah, as if that was the name of a girl. It's kind of a clever way to say Savannah's a city, but also can be the name of a person. I think that's like fairly evident. I'm pretty sure that is beyond much doubt to say that Savannah is where he took um, 
his girlfriend and later fiance. Um, and I think this is another look back at better times. When they would go to Savannah together, it'd be, it says, walk out into the sultry evening, cotton breathing when the sea winds brush the hair down around your neck. That was the line I was looking for. Um, I think he's very reminiscent in this song to the good times they spent together. And again, kind of not holding back in that in that reminiscing. Sounds accurate. I think it's interesting saying brushing rays across my windshield as if one dries the streams from off my face. The streams can be almost nothing but tears. Right? I think that's the only thing that makes sense. There. Yeah. And so there's that first verse that says pining, transforming into the arms of Georgia Sun. I'm crying as I'm looking at the Georgia Sun. Right? And then there's I know you'll be there because you'll know I'll want you to be there. And we'll say hello, and I'm so relieved, and everything's back to normal. I mean, that's such an interesting thing. The course is like, oh, it's all back to normal. And then... We'll feel normal again. Yeah. The verse two is all the norm, the normalcy. We're in a hammock. We are going to a gift shop. And then, ha, in our, like whole life together you bought a book in savannah and it never comes off the shelf mm. in the whole life we have together yeah because Meaning we like... spent all this time together and we spent our whole lives together and then it goes back to you'll be there because i'll want to be there and we'll feel normal again and then the bridge says i spent my life wondering wondering when i'd find you I searched for all these years, and now you're right here, and I need to know that everything makes sense when you're with me. It almost sounds to me like he wrote part of this song while they were together, mm. and then part of the song afterwards. I think you might be on to something there. Like, part of the song of, like, we did all these things, and ha, this book's never going to come off, and I told you you never read it, but you bought it anyways. And then and she's not going to read it because they're done. Yeah, but there's also tears streaming down his face, and we have to be normal again. And I just don't know what to do with Savannah now. Mm. And so that's how it feels to me, is that part of it is he wrote while they were together and 100% in love, and they were going to be together forever. And then he finished it afterwards, and he mixed them together, which is just jarring in a way. This is another song I usually skip, honestly. It's so dreamy and melodic and i love mm. slow i love a sad songs more than happy songs well, this one is confusing this feels <laughs> like a happy song but if you actually listen to the lyrics some are happy and some are like you are crying and hope the sunrise dries it off your face mm. like that is really sad dude mm. i think that is very accurate based on the next transition song uh which i'll get into but eli did you have any other thoughts on that? It's just a beautiful song. I think this is my favorite song. Yeah, I think this is my favorite song of the album. Why is that? It's such a, it's such a melodic, slow, beautiful tone that goes into it. Um, mm. I guess that's the only way I can really describe it. It mm. just sounds so nice, and it's uh, it's very nostalgic, and it's looking back to like an innocent time where. They were just hanging out and things were good. Mm. There's no malice. There's no anger. There's no resentment. 
And for some reason, he's bawling his eyes out. Right. Because <laughs> that's always there in the background, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, bridge, the bridge we need to focus on in this song because it is also the lyrics essentially to the next song. Um, the bridge in Savannah says, Baby, I spent my life wondering, wondering when I'd find you. I searched for all these years and now you're right here. And I need you to know that everything makes sense when you're with me. Another point of background for the story is that, again, apparently, uh, it's hard to tell like what is all verified because it's after the fact and I'm sure they didn't like air everything, but apparently that was the song that Matt wrote to his fiance for their wedding. And he was going to sing that part for their wedding, which again, like you said, Katie is jarring and pretty crushing. And the next song distorts that and kind of makes it like a reverse, basically an opposite of Savannah. Uh, like you said, it's very dreamy, very melodic. Uh, Baby, the outro, is very not so. It is kind of unsettling. It's slowed way down again, but it's like this, it's almost like they're, they're playing their instruments poorly. <laughs> and um, as they do so, the lines are, Baby, it's all that I can do to thank you. Because every time you wrapped those arms around me, wrapped in the past tense now, I felt I was home because everything made sense when you were with me. And that is like almost, you can't hear it because like, everything made sense when you were with me. So it's almost like fading away. That is pretty upsetting <laughs> to think about. Um, but that theme of home, like I mentioned earlier, is there. I felt I was home, and that'll be in the wrap-up songs that we've already mentioned, um, but you got to remember that theme of home. But yeah, some, some kind of distorted uh, music there to wrap up that sad theme of, like, what could have been, what was and what could have been. Well, and it honestly is, and it is, it is super sad, but it is another indication of Reliant K's lyrical genius that in Savannah it's present tense and in mm. Baby it's past tense. It's the ex yep. almost the exact same words mm. and if you past tense. If you weren't like really listening you wouldn't even catch that. No. Probably. But it is true it does fade out that everything made sense when you are with me. And it almost fades out at the end of that line. Mm. And it's slow and it's sad yeah. where he said the exact same line but in present tense earlier mm. and it was much happier and much more upbeat than in savannah yeah and it's present tense yeah so i think i've already mentioned this a little bit but i think the ups and downs in this album and the same words used in different ways is masterful um but yeah there is that really slow crescendo till silence essentially in baby and then if you believe me is another upbeat song another kind of in your face more aggressive song not aggressive the same way as sahara it's a little less angry i'd say but it is more kind of ballady than than other songs on the album um the opening lines to that one are i got a chill and i wanted to say it was you again maybe some confusion over who the you is uh be still because what i'm about to say is the truth Unless we stretch until the point of nearly breaking in two, we'll never find our weakness coming unglued. 
craps, a cracked sculpture, I wanted to say it was you. Being vultures is why I feel the way I do. Um, I, I fell in love and wanted to say it was you. I wanted to say it was you. And then just to read the chorus and probably the, the key lines of the song. If you believe me, we can stand the test of time like no one else. If you believe me, it means you'd have to disbelieve yourself. So let's go back to the first couple verses in this one. I'm just curious about what you guys think about the you again, the chill, the crack sculpture. Who is that you? You got crap scul- a crack, a cracked sculpture. It's a tongue twister. It just <laughs> means that we're flawed people and he's understanding that we're flawed people. But then he also says that we can stand the test of time, but it means that you'll have to disbelieve yourself. Hey, we're not there. Well, you read that. <laughs> I said verse one and two. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I'm no trying to be course. demanding, but. My sincerest. My sincerest apologies. Um, Forgiven time. <laughs> yeah, so crack sculpture. I think it's just a reference to the uh, imperfected nature of us. Mm. So is that her, him? Um, I think it's. I think it's. Uh, this this song's hard because I feel like he's going back and forth with him and her. Mm. So I'm not sure if the crack sculpture is him or her. Mm. Yeah, I'd say this is getting into my favorite parts of this album. Yep. <laughs> like, this is when he gets super poetic. And, like, every line is just, like, packed with meaning. Mm. Um, it's really hard to talk about these two verses without the, the third verse. Especially okay. the yeah. last line of the third verse. Go with, you mean the, oh, the last verse, okay. Or, no, the third verse with the yeah. last line. So... Mm. The third verse says, A sudden wind, and I wanted to say it was you. I've never been so confused about who knows the truth. It began when I wanted to say it was you, because I swore you had your hand in this, too. And there is the the cracked sculpture. It's a tongue twister. (laughs) I can't. The cracked sculpture, and then he fell in love. And that was all the you. A sudden wind... And then you had your hand in this basically downfall, too. Mm. It wasn't all me. And I think that echoes the beginning of the album. So the beginning of, of the album is forgetting not slow down. And I, I can't forgive myself and I keep thinking about this and I feel so guilty. And eventually I have to let it go and I have to move on. And when I do that, I start to see that I was at fault. So were you. Mm. You had your hand in this. And I couldn't see that until I chose to forget and not slow down. Until I chose to move on. And I I think forget and not slow down is about feeling overwhelmingly guilty about everything. And feeling that everything is on your shoulders. And the only way you can move on... like The only way you can get out from under it is if you forget what's going on. Mm. Um, and this song is about... I did something, but so did you. And mm. we both... The only way you can make this through is to stretch until the point of nearly breaking in two. And then we find that our weakness is actually coming in glued. That we couldn't make it through this, so how could we make it through marriage? Mm. Our weakness yeah. was the fact that we came unglued in whatever this was. Whatever it was. Whatever broke up their engagement. Mm. Which must have been so hard. And 
there is a thing of, if you believe me, we can do this, and if you disbelieve yourself, we can do this, but if you believe yourself, we can't. It is so complicated, but so powerful in four lines. Like, it's mm. crazy that someone could write that, honestly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And what were you saying about that, yeah? Sorry, I cut you off. No, I think I said what I wanted to say. Yeah, I agree with uh, your assessment, Katie. I think that the chorus really plays into my theory about it is far from explicit that it was a strict thing of he cheated on her and that was the end of it. I think that somewhere along the way, something was discovered. Again, she said that she could not come to grips with, that she could not reconcile, so it had to end. But when she found out those things, it seems like he fought really hard to say, no, this is not what you think it is. This is not, uh, this does not need to be the end. This does not need to be the killer of everything we've built. Um, and I think here he's saying, if you believe me in that, then we can stand the test of time like no one else. Like, we can still make it. We can still get through these hardships and have a life together. If you believe me, it means you have to disbelieve yourself. Like he's saying, like, your total belief that what I did was a killer of our relationship, you'd have to disbelieve that in order to believe me that it doesn't have to be that way, mm. basically, um, is what I understand it to, to mean. I mean, I think it means that there was still something that he did. Do we want to get into theories of that? Or should no, we stick I mean, I'm just saying, if you, it means you have to disbelieve yourself. So... Whether it was actually something that should end the relationship, there was, I think there, that he admits that something he did contributed to the end of the relationship. And whether it was 50 50, 75 25, 25 75, I, yeah. I think he's admit, like, and I think that is the beginning of the song. The beginning of the song, I think, or the beginning of the album, I think, is him feeling very guilty about what he did. And then towards the end, he works to saying, Yes, I did something wrong, but so did you. If I if I had to venture a guess, I would say that he would probably own up to like seventy to eighty percent. I, I mean, I have it, no it idea. Seems that, yeah, I mean, it seems that way. It seems like it, he felt very guilty at the beginning, and mm. towards the end, he's saying, "I did something wrong, but we we could have worked through it, mm. and you also screwed up." Maybe in just that she gave up on it. Yeah, and so maybe that's easily. the only thing. Yeah. That might be the only thing she did wrong. It might not be, but I think that's a pretty big thing in a serious relationship is giving up on another person also. so. Well, that's echoed in the bridge there where it says that, because I'm here wondering what you could be thinking, though I know you're one, though I know you're there thinking that I wonder that all the time. It's like her thinking, you're, you're always trying to, th- trying to find out what I'm thinking. Just leave it be. Forget about it. And he's like trying to push it, trying to be like, can we fix this? Can we fix this? Can we fix this? And she's kind of in some ways done with it. I think I'm just going to throw a theory out there again without trying to throw any shade or mud on this good man's name. Where'd the sun go? lyrical genius and his masterpiece. What? Where'd the sun go? Where'd the sun go? Shade. Uh, Oh. I think that it was a form of semi-cheating. I think it was an emotional mix-up 
or something like that to where she felt like it was too much and he felt like yes he messed up but he didn't mess up so bad to where it deserved to be done and there could be a whole host of different possible like specifics but i think that that is like with all the evidence compiled of the lyrics and the situation as it happened it seems like that's the case. I, I could throw out a few other things, but... Do you think there's something in the lyrics so far in the album that makes you think that? Because for me personally, I can see where you're coming from when we get to the point of Medusa later in the album. Mm. But so far, I haven't really seen anything in the lyrics that makes me go towards that place. Okay. Mm. I I think Forget Not So Down says that he did something wrong. Right, something wrong, but I don't know where the... Something that he... Enough that he feels guilty about. So I don't know what that would be. Um, I think the rest of the things is mm. him dealing with, like, do I need you? Can I be alone? Is God enough? Um, but I think between... So I think Forget Not So Down is saying, I did something wrong, and I've felt guilty about it long enough and then if you believe me is and now i am coming out and saying that you also did something wrong in this but even in this it's you have to disbelieve yourself i mean that's Mm. such a weird phrase but i can understand that if what he's saying is that she was wrong and not fighting to rectify what was done wrong in the first place yeah even if that first thing was him that was transgressing that boundary, he sees it as a wrong that she wasn't willing to fight yeah. to bring well, them that, back that's to what reconciliation. I'm saying, is that that's that's the only thing that I would say means that he did something wrong. Is mm-hmm. forget not slow down and then this song. I think yeah, there's a couple of things that I would say to your question. I think in therapy when he says, um, you won't take my calls, I think that kind of insinuates that she should because he has something to say but she won't take his calls. Um, I think that's kind of some evidence. I think in Sahara, uh, when he says, I never told you then that I'd be easy to love, supposedly a man, but I felt like a cub. I think he's saying like, yes, I messed up, but I never told you I was perfect. And you made me feel like a cub. Like supposedly a man, he he talks about himself like a lion. Like I'm on my side because was it the lying or the pride which brought me down? I think is what he's saying in Sahara. But he's saying, like, yeah, I'm not perfect. Like, what did you expect? So I think that's kind of some of the evidence from the lyrics that I gather. And then a couple other things from the actual background. Again, this is some conjecture, but apparently when she said over the air that she had a previous relationship that someone was unfaithful in, and then, or she said that, and then apparently he had reached out to her and said, why are you phrasing it like that? Like, why are you just putting it out there like it's so black and white? Something along those lines also gives me... Well, so that makes me think that someone... So that makes me think that someone cheated on her before, so she was extra sensitive to something like that. Hmm. That makes sense to me. That's possible. That someone before cheated on her, and then she was extra sensitive, and he was like, we can work through this. And she says... No, once a cheater, always a cheater, just like my ex-boyfriend, even though you didn't mm. do what he did. Yeah. You'll eventually do what he did. 
yeah. or or did something that was uh, that was approaching the line of yeah. like I don't emotional think, yeah. or whatever. I mean, like based on I we'll know. talk about Medusa, but I'm not saying he did. But I, think, <laughs> I don't think he technically. Yeah. I mean. Anyways, God, now we're getting close right. to what I didn't want to say, but yeah. All right, let's jump into the last two songs, the wrap-up songs for the album. Uh, these go hand in hand. This is kind of the uh, some of that smooth transition that we were talking about before, but the songs are This Is The End, and the second one is in parentheses, If You Want It. So, I'll let you guys go first. I have a lot to say about these songs. I think we probably all do, and they are like, yeah, they're just the kind of climax of the album and a strong end to... An amazing album, but what do you guys think? What are some of your can initial takeaways? Can I can I say the first line is a good is a good example of what this song is? I can't keep a straight face and say this is not the end. It's a it's a double negative. He's totally going back and forth about this. Yeah, hmm. I think so. I think I've told. I think I talked to you about this, Eli. But I think at least the beginning of the song is very much a listen. Girl, you have got to make up your mind because I'm sitting here in this purgatory and I can't stand it. And yeah, and I think in that vein, if you believe me, is his like cry for, please believe me. But then in this song, he's saying like, if you don't believe me, this is the end. And like just, I can't say it any other way. Yeah, let's just let's just say it's the end and be yeah. done. Because I think he says I can't keep a straight face and say this is not the end. Which means this is this is the end. Hmm. He says, not if you want it, it's upon us, and I want to say it's sinking in. It's finally sinking in that this is the end. And he says, this may sound crazy, but I want to come back home. Which means it's not the end. Right, right, because she's the home. Yeah. Like, that's, that is the he's theme saying, throughout the album. Yeah. But then he says, that's it, I said it, now I'm sailing off to Neverland, and then Japan. <laughs> yep. I mean, I'm going to be gone anyway, so it doesn't matter what you say. <laughs> And Neverland is clearly, like, fantasy land. Yeah. Like, I'm going off to fantasy land, which could be this cabin, by the way. Yeah. Like, I'm going to Neverland, I'm going to go up into a cabin where no one will find me, and write this album. Like, that might be what he's referencing. I think Japan is talking about the furthest I can possibly get away. Yeah. Like, I'm going to my fantasy land, and then as far away as I can possibly get. Because I want there to be an end. Like, I think... So, if I had to... Which... I hate to speculate, but here I go. I'm speculating. I think at, at this point, she is saying, which I, like, I've been there in a relationship of, like, I don't know if I want to break up, but let's just wait and see how I feel. Can you just give me time? And he said, yes, of course, take your time. And then she says, but I still need more time. And he's like, of course, take more time. And now he's like, okay. No more time. I'm waiting here. I'm literally spending my whole life waiting for you. Because I want to be with you. But if you say you don't want to be together, I will leave. And I will respect that. And I will go. But you need to tell me. And you have to make the decision because I can't. Because, honestly, I think he's saying I'm the one who screwed up. So you have to make the decision. And if you're willing to say that's fine and I forgive you, then I'm coming back. And I especially think that about the box... Ah, it's in the next one. We'll get it's there. the box? Okay. But uh, so that's, I think, going, this is not the end. It's sinking in. I want to come back home. Now I'm going to Neverland or Japan. <laughs> I think it's going back and forth. I want to be there. I don't want to be there. But you, 
I think he's saying, you, as my ex and the person I love, you have to make the decision, and I can't. I literally cannot in this decision. It has to be yours. Mm-hmm. And it says, so think real slow. Don't forget that yes is yes and no is no about the way you want to go. So he's asking her to be sure about it when he's obviously not yes. sure about it. But then he says, because I may forget the way to get back home. This is the end if you want it. And so I think he's kind of saying, if you go long enough with not making a decision, that's a decision in itself. That's saying no, and I'm going to be gone. Like, if you take long enough, I'm going mm. to leave anyways. Yeah. And I, I'm going to take that as a no. Well, and I think I think psychologically and mentally, he's saying, like, I may forget the way to get back home. Like, I may forget what it was like to be in love with you. I may forget what it was like to be so enraptured by you. Because if you take so long, like, people have to move on. And it might end up being the case that I can't even find my way back to you. This because is the end. <laughs> I may have to forget and not slow down. Oh. Oh. There it is. <laughs> mm. Full circle. <laughs> I really like the line, you're not the first thing in my life I've loved and lost. Yeah, I've thought worse things that I might be less inclined to merely just shrug off. I think my understanding of that line was, yet I've felt worse things that I might be less inclined to merely just shrug off. I think he's saying, like, and <laughs> all of this plays into the next song, which is the parenthesis version of this song, and it's kind of like it's better half, in a sense, but I think he's saying, like, I've loved and lost before, and they've even been worse things than this. And he says that, he talks about perspective earlier in the album. He talks about everyone goes through these things. This isn't the end of the world. It's just the end of you and me those lines where he's talking about perspective, but he's saying like, but those things, even if they were worse, I might be less inclined to merely just shrug them off. Like, this is a hard pill to swallow. Um, And then the next lines are, I took the fire escape and made it out alive. Yeah, I still burn from time to time, but I have a healing hand against my side. He's saying like, I escaped, just barely, still burn, have a healing hand against my side. I think we know who the healing hand is. Is he talking about taking the fire escape and making it out alive from those other things in the past that he's loved and lost? Or is he talking about what he's going through currently with his loved one? My, my understanding is that there have been a lot of close calls in his life. And he's always made it out of the fire escape and made it out alive. But that he still feels the pain of them. Well, hmm. I think that is directly referencing Medusa in the next song. Hey. See, that's what I thought. <laughs> that's what I thought to begin with. It's the same yeah. lines, but, right? Yeah, but, it is. But it now is. I'm thinking that it's what Jonah's saying here. And I might go back to it when we go to the next song, but we'll see. Wait, wait, wait. I just want to say... <laughs> we got a grand finale coming up, folks. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll get that next time. See you. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I do, so... Subscribe to my content if you want the next. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to Because, uh, Eli, you've said something about the... Yeah, I've thought worse things that I might be less inclined to merely just show off. And I think we've disagreed about this, but I I want you to talk about that first, and then I want to jump in and disagree with you. Okay, explain to me what I said before. I feel like you said that it wasn't a big deal to him, so you didn't think it was, like, a cheating situation because of that line. Like, this is just a breakup, like a normal breakup. 
That's well, it's, what I feel like you said. It's not normal because they were engaged. Like, that in, in itself makes it not normal. Yeah, but just based on strictly those lines. You don't know mm. anything else. Yeah, I may have said that in the past. I honestly, <laughs> if I'm being completely honest, I don't quite remember okay, that's exactly fine. what I may have meant. But I think what, what I thought, what I have thought pretty consistently in the past is that he's trying to minimize the impact of what he's feeling. And that's the easiest way to just really minimize it in his own mind by saying that this isn't that big of a deal. Whatever. Yeah. Okay, so I'll tell you what I thought. So one, I think that this website is wrong about the lyrics again. I think that it's... This This was before the Genius era. I think this wouldn't happen with a modern album, but yeah. this album came out. So I think enough. it's, yeah, I thought... Don't try to defend them. <laughs> I think it says, I thought worse things that I might be less inclined to merely just shrug off, not thought. That it was like the past tense of fight. Hmm. So I think it's, hmm. you're not the first thing in my life I've loved and lost. Yeah, I've thought worse things that I might be less inclined to merely just shrug off. And that's pretty close to felt, which is what oh, I okay. thought it was. Yeah. 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 Felt might be the thing, too. I don't think it's thought. I think it's either no. thought or felt. Um. But for me specifically, I thought that this line specifically was way too wordy to be what it in what it strictly means. Hmm. And I think it actually means the opposite. So I think he's saying, yes, you're not the first thing in my life I've loved and lost, but this sucks. Hmm. And yeah, I did make it out alive, and here I am on the other side trying to forget and not slow mm. down and deal with it. But I think, yeah, he's saying, I've thought or felt worse things that I might be less inclined to merely just shrug off was way too many words to say, I don't care. But it's, still, it so, it's still so rhythmic. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it is, but I think it, I think he purposely chooses that super long sentence to say, I don't care, to say, I actually do care. Like, a person who over-explains mm, what they're yeah. trying to get mm -hmm. around. Mm -hmm. So that's my... That is one of the things I feel very strongly about in this song and in the next song. Yeah. Is that that line is so long to say, I don't care because I've, I've dealt with worse things, is actually saying, like, this is probably the worst thing I've ever dealt with. Yeah. But I think he's... I mean... I think he might be saying that, but I think he also combats that in other places in the album. To say, like... No, like, keep it cool. This isn't that bad. Like, no one has died. <laughs> I think it's basically what he's saying, because he's, he's saying, like, um, well, we'll get to that in the next song, too, about people dying, because I think he references people passing away as being a potentially worse thing than a broken relationship. But I think um, he's... But I think there's a difference between him, like, saying, yes, no one died, and yes, this is the worst thing I've ever personally experienced. Mm. So I think he's trying to keep it in perspective with other people's experiences. But I think in his own experience, he's saying this is quite possibly the worst thing I have personally experienced. And so yeah. I think that's a difference. That yeah. He's still trying to keep that, even knowing that this might be the worst thing that he's experienced. It's still in perspective of someone going to the hospital and having cancer and dying a couple months later. He's like recognizing that that is even worse than this worst thing that he's experiencing. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, we're gonna jump to the last chorus here and then till the next next song. But 
I have a question after reading the last few lines of this course. So think real slow. Don't forget that yes is yes and no is no about the way you want to go because I may forget the way to get back home. He repeats that. This is the end if you want it. This is the end if you want it. This is the end. So my question is, if the album ended there, would you still consider this to be a highly rated album and one very worth remembering? If the album ended right there with this is the end of course <laughs> okay so i would say yes because forget not slow down and therapy were my favorite songs yeah until recently i just absolutely love them absolutely related to them i thought that the and i still thought the lyrics and the other songs were super clever and mm. rhythmically appropriate and good songs and something I wanted to listen to. But without If You Want It, If You Want It is, like, just better than everything else. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And almost like the whole... Uh, the ironic thing about <laughs> it is that it's in parentheses. Yeah. It, well, you put something in parentheses if it doesn't matter that much. And I think that's the whole irony of it is it matters a lot and it's the, it's the grand finale. But... I think in relationships, especially ones that fail, things that are in parentheses that you never actually say are the most important things that you probably should have said. I think, okay, I think it's the equivalent of the subconscious and also the subtext, mm -hmm. which are more important than the conscious and the text. Hmm. Yeah. Because they're the most fundamental, they're the most essential. Are you saying that this is the end is the text and if you want it is the subtext, basically? Yes. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. that's why it's in parentheses. And I think that the subconscious and the subtext are much more essential. And if you look at it, they're much more abstract because they are much more... They're much more true, and true things are hard to say. Well, and mm. if you want it, basically is an expansion of this is the end it's a bunch of it is the same lyrics yeah he repeats the same lyrics over and over and then inserts things yeah and then inserts a bunch at the end of mm. what he and it is if you've messed up in a relationship which i have felt this there's a lot you've messed up in a relationship i mean that's something uh, that's something that i haven't personally I don't felt think so. but. <laughs> no but like Go on, sorry. if you're the one that's messed up and you know it has to end based on what you've done mm -hmm. and you want to help the other person move on, there's a lot that you want to say that you can't, and maybe you shouldn't, to let the other person go and move on and grow out of that. And there's, there's things that you have to hold back, or maybe you don't have to, but you choose to. And even if... It's the convenient fiction that yeah. you have to maintain. Yeah. And so, yeah, sometimes it's wrong, sometimes it's right. And I think, I remember very specifically walking, I was living in Washington, D.C., and I was walking home from the bus stop. I lived there once. Oh, did you? <laughs> <laughs> I was walking home from the bus stop to my house, which was like three blocks, and I was listening to this song. I was listening to If You Want It, and I was like, this is absolutely crazy that I would even be exposed to this lyrical genius. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, just being absolutely blown away by this song. Yeah. And absolutely loving it. Mm. Like, yeah. this is the the best song yeah. on the album. Yep. Point blank. Absolutely. 
If you, but you I, should okay. listen to the on, whole album, yeah. not on shuffle, and this is it. This on, is where it culminates. On the album, on the best album of possibly one of the best lyrical bands. Yeah. In our time. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say all time. <laughs> Blow it out of proportion. I'm comparing them to Bach or Beethoven. Necessarily. But Matt is way better Definitely than those, great lyrical artists. Those B artists. <laughs> Get it? B? Uh, hey. Uh, um, uh. <laughs> right, but, yeah, just to hype this up a little bit more before we dive into the lyrics. I think the songs leading up to this one are quicker than other songs on the album in the sense that there's less lyrics and the actual beat of this or the pace of the songs are quicker in themselves. And this one is a little longer than the songs before it. And it's also slower and he really makes sure that the lines he's saying sink in. And so, with that, let's just I'm gonna read the beginning lines again, like I've been doing. Uh, beginning lines. I can't keep a straight face and say this is not the end. Not if you want it, it's upon us, and I wanna say it's sinking in. If I was hasty, maybe I was rushed along. I won't move into little boxes and then not get the itch to move on. I think it's urge. Or urge to move on. It's urge. Yeah. It's not itch. Probably. All right. Like you said, some repeat lines there, some new ones. And yeah. they're so much you, you, better with the new ones, but you have to hear the first ones first. Yeah. That's what I'm saying is he's trying to trick himself, but this is the honest appraisal of what he's thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember, sorry to go back a little bit. I remember a conversation probably eight, seven or eight years ago with Jacob where we were talking about this album and I said, I think I actually like the If You Want It better than This Is The End. And they're kind of the same song, but not really. And he's like, oh yeah, I totally agree. I definitely listened to the second one way more. And so, yeah, anyway, it's aged well since then. <laughs> I'll just say that. But anyway, you, you mentioned boxes, Katie. Did you want to say something about that line? Um, yeah, so I think that, uh, gosh, I just, I'm sorry, I'm just reading through these lyrics and I just love these <laughs> lyrics in the last, this last song. And... There is a thing about people not rhyming when they're trying to be really deep because it's really hard to rhyme, and I think they still rhyme, and they still do really good. So I think that is just crazy awesome. Anyways, uh, I think that the line about, I won't move into little boxes and then not get the urge to move on, it's not itch, it's urge, I'm pretty sure, <laughs> um, is about... <clears throat> I don't want to speculate on someone's relationship, but I have to here because I think I think that he did something. She put him in a box of wait for me while I decide. That's a little box. And left him there and left him there. And he had the urge to say, let's just end this. Eventually, it's just a no. And you just get the urge to say, let's move on with our lives. Let's not sit in this space where we don't know what the answer is and I'm in this little box of having to wait for you and I'm not with you and I'm not not with you. Um, so that's what I was thinking with the first song of like, I can't make the decision, but you have to make the decision, but you have to do it. You have to eventually make the decision. You can't just leave me in this little box mm. of yours and not yours. And that goes into the pre-chorus next. So think real slow. Don't forget that yes is yes and no is no. He said that in the last song. Melting prints of grass and snow means I may forget the way to get back home. And the melting prints is new. Mm. That that might be the, that's the way he gets back home is he follows the prints in the snow and grass 
And they, if you wait long enough, those go away if you don't keep using that path. Neural pathways, they're being undone. Ayo. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's, again, we kind of talked about like double-mindedness. I think you're right, Katie. I think maybe she like left him too much in limbo for too long of a time for him to really like feel good about not ending it. He says, so think real slow. I think that means like, Take your time. This is a big decision. Take your time. Don't forget that yes is yes and no is no. Like once you say it, that's it. Like I'm taking that for an answer. But he'll he'll say it later in the song. Again, he says in the pre-chorus to, don't forget the speed that I can go. Meaning like eventually I have to move. I have to do something. But anyway, I'm just gonna read through all of it because it all matters. Because <laughs> uh, this is the end. If you want it, this is the end. You're not the first thing in my life I've loved and lost. Yeah, I've felt or fought worse things that I might be less inclined to merely just shrug off. That's repeated again. You'll take me home like my family did, my father did, I know. You'll think real slow, but don't forget the speed that I can go. So, I think when he's talking about home again, his family, his father, then he's either talking about rejection and feeling alone, like amongst his family, or that someone in his family passed away. And that he's, like, he knows what it's like to lose somebody. He knows, in the previous song he talked about, I've had worse things in my life, or, you know, the first thing in my life I've loved and lost, you know, I've felt worse things that I'm less inclined to really just shrug off. He says it in the line right before it also. But I think he's comparing this situation to previous situations growing up with his family, and that in those two, he had to get out at a certain point. He had to move. It says, you'll take me home. Does that mean you'll take me home by rejecting me so i will go home that's apart from you is that is, is that what you're saying i think that's really confusing because he's saying this is the end but you'll take me home that sounds like sounds like home is apart from her i think that you'll take me home sounds like you're taking me to your home right like my my first my fiance. first thought when i hear that line is you'll take me home you'll bring me back in you'll accept me yeah. But then he says, like my father, like my family did, my father did, I know. You'll think real slow, but don't forget the speed that I can go away. That makes it sound like he's, she's going to accept him again, but don't. And you'll think real slow, but you may think too slowly, and I may be gone before you make that decision. Yeah. And I think it's a little manipulative, possibly, not to, like, again, like, just trash her name either. Like, we don't want to do that. It's, this is all conjecture and interpretation, but... She's bringing him in, and she's still thinking about her final decision. That's kind of messing with his emotions, and he's saying, like, whoa, 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 I can get out of here. I can still leave. Like, you know what I mean? I think he's saying, like, don't use me. Like, don't mess with my heart after all this time, because I can be gone in a lickety split. <laughs> yeah, I just Shake don't... of a rat's tail. <laughs> yeah, I, I really don't know what the family father reference is without i think that i think that's the referring back to the previous song where it says i you're not the first thing in my life i've loved and lost yeah yeah but it makes sense yeah I think, yeah for that to be an actual thing of like i have lost my father or a part of my family or i've been hurt by them also. yeah or yeah like i've been hurt in the way even if it was like lost my mother or something that his father lost so he saw him go through that and now he knows he can I don't know. Yeah. Mm, it's, yeah. 
And I just want to say, I just like had this image as we're going through this. I feel like this is like raining fire. <laughs> like if a house is on fire and the t the embers are like raining down, like he's saying, like it goes to the chorus again because this is the end. If you want it, yeah, this is the end. I feel like he's like walking through like a burning house and seeing the stuff like fall, and he's like identifying it and saying like this is how it happened. This is how we got to this point. I'm thinking of all these things. It's all like, like it's all exploded now. You know. Well, it's the first time he uses, yeah, instead mm -hmm. of just this is the end. Yeah, this is the end. Yeah. So it's more of an affirmation, I think. Mm. That precedes the this is the end. Yeah. I also just remembered one thing that I wanted to say: the transition between the last song and this song is him screaming, "This is the end." And he almost, like, runs out of breath. He's like, this is the end. Ah. And then it's into this song. And this song is kind of like a step back from that intense emotion and saying, like, okay, like, I'm resigned to this. Yeah. I do feel like this song is more like, I'm just saying what's happening. The mm. first song is like, are you listening? Are you hearing what's happening? And the song is like, did you just hear me screaming? Did you hear me? And I'm just explaining now what's happening. And mm. it's still intense, but I can't stop it. I'm just standing watching it almost. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this is tone. Chorus. This is the end if you want it. This is the end. Bridge. Uh, I've been convincing myself that I'm worthwhile because I'm worth what I'll convince myself to be. been convincing myself that I'm worthwhile because I'm worth what I'll convince myself to be. I think we should stop because that is one of my favorites. Let's just stop. Let's yeah. just, just end right now. <laughs> uh, that is honestly one of my favorite Reliant K verses because they're not, I don't feel like they're like that usually. I don't know. Mm. It's such a, a vulnerable set of lines, I think. Mm. And it is admitting that he felt worthless. Mm. And I think for an extended period of time, and I, gosh, every time I hear this, I'm just like, this is 100% real about how people feel about themselves. And I, like, I don't want it for people to have a false bravado or anything like that, but um, I know that I've definitely felt absolutely worthless and that the only thing that changed between feeling worthless and worthwhile and worth people's time is me saying people are going to care when I tell them that I feel crappy. And no one did anything to do that except I just changed the way I thought. And so, like, this bridge for me has been super, like, impactful in different areas of my life, saying, I've been telling myself and convincing myself and persuading myself that I'm worthwhile. And it took that persuading to get to that point. And then I'm only worth what I'll convince myself to be. Which might not be true, but that's how you feel. Like, I'm only worth as much as I will admit to myself that I am worth. Well, it doesn't say only. She's been convincing myself that I'm worthwhile because I'm worth. Yeah. I mean, I think me. that if you're a Christian like I am, that you are worth more than you. Both more and less than you think at different times. And so I think that this is very much like a very personal introspective thing and i but i think it's so important i think it's crazy crazy important to convince yourself that you're worthwhile mm. because if you don't 
you deal with a lot of things on your own that you shouldn't have to. And you spend a lot of nights alone in solitude, actually in solitude, and loneliness that you don't have to. And so I just, I love this bridge. And it almost seems out of place, I think, in this song. Because it definitely has a tonal shift. It does, just for that bridge. And then right. he goes back to the original thing. Because he's kind of saying, this is what's happening, and this is the end if you want it, but I didn't quite do everything wrong, and like, there's a little bit of you to blame. And then he says in the middle, I've had to convince myself that I'm worth this thing that I'm saying. Well, he says in the first song, you and life, you and life are still beautiful. And in this last one, he kind of says, I'm still beautiful too. Mm. Yeah. And I think it is different. I think the bridge is a quick break to say, I can only get to this point because I have worked through all this crap and said I'm still worthwhile. And I did something super bad in my own mind. And whether that was the actual end... I think that's where I disagree. I don't think it was as bad in his mind nearly as it was in hers. And I think... I think with this bridge, he's saying, you've told me that I'm not worth much. You've told me that I'm not worthwhile. But I'm going to convince myself that I am. That I am worthwhile. That I'm worth... I don't know. Like, <laughs> even if he does have to convince himself... Um, to me, to me, it screams like I've been pierced by words. And I have to recover from those... And maybe he's thought it himself, but again, I think there's that fight throughout the album of like, yes, I messed up, but how much did I mess up? Like, yes, I am to blame, but like, doesn't she have some blame too? You know? Um, And so that's my takeaway from this particular bridge is saying like, at the end of it all, like this is the end, clearly, we're resigned to that. I am worthwhile, and I'm going to continue to try and convince myself that that's the case. All right, are we ready to jump to the next stanza? Anything else from that? All right. I met the devil and I stared her in the eyes. Her hair had scales like silver serpents. I, a statue, stood there mesmerized. I took the fire escape and made it out alive. Yet I still burn from time to time, but I have a healing hand against my side. I cannot bring myself to believe that this is in reference to his significant other. No. I cannot no. bring myself to believe that. So I used o- to think that just has a simple, like a simple answer. I can't do that. It's just, it's just way too spiteful for me. To <laughs> believe yeah, after that. this whole album of saying right. she's awesome. So, <laughs> but that puts me in another predicament because the only alternative that I can really see is to make some assumptions and make me think that he's talking about another woman. So, or I'll just say that there's another option. What's I'll, I'll go last. Very giddy. Um, so I will say I actually I thought he actually said Medusa. He Me doesn't. Too. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's just. Um, he just paints such a vivid picture. <laughs> you can see it. I I actually think this is super, an awesome verse because, in the first he kind of says he burns from time to time but he doesn't explain why, and you don't you don't think you need to know until you get to this verse. And he explains why he still burns from time to time. Like, in the first one, he says, yeah, I escaped. I I took the fire escape and made it alive. You're like, cool. Good job, guy. And then you're like, you met the devil? (laughs) And you stared her in the eyes? Um, 
yeah, so I do... I also see this as another woman. What do you, what do you think it means when he says, if it is another woman, like, another physical woman, yeah, I still burn from time to time. So I think it is... And it, it doesn't even have to be another, like, necessarily physical woman to me. So I think it I is... I think that was my other theory. Yeah. I... I think that it it could be like a temptation in the form of one specific other woman and he took the fire escape, he made it out alive, and he didn't actually do the technical cheating, right? So there's that thing. And he still burns because there was still something there that drew him. I and agree. you can't just dismiss that. I agree. That's but there that's, also that's the first inclination of that. Yeah. There also is the a series of little things that built up into a woman with that made him a statue and he made him realize something's wrong in this relationship. It's not one woman did this, it's like this and this happened and this happened and this happened that all built up to saying I'm doing something wrong in this relationship or this relationship is wrong in itself. And I'm taking the fire escape, and I'm escaping, and I'm confessing this to this person, and now I'm dealing with the consequences of all of those little things building up, and me being, like, just dealing with that, with the weight of that. So I don't think it necessarily has to be one specific physical woman. I think it can be a manifestation of a lot of different little things, whether that's, like, a lot of different temptations or lusts or things that made him in itself feel like he had to confess something even. I don't know if that makes sense. And that the devil was incarnate in those. Not saying that the woman or the things that happened were the devil herself but the devil was in that. I don't know. So but I think that anything that's like that and he took the fire escape minute out alive is, is going to affect the rest of his life and that's why it burns from time to time and God is healing that but there's, there's no way to escape the burn and the consequences of the actions that you take in that life. It's just so rare to hear the devil referred to as in the feminine. I don't know if I've ever heard that. You can say it these days. <laughs> well, I just... I mean, I've, I've heard God referred to in the feminine in some... But temptation some is always in the feminine. Yeah. Women well, tempt Lustful. Men. Yeah. yeah, well, that's what... That's what I think is masterful about this, too, is that he does not say lust one time right. in this album. But that is clearly what he's referring to in some shape or fashion. Yeah. But I, well, So you're saying all these little things were all lustful things? They, yeah. They, I mean, that's what cheating been. is. But it wasn't a specific person, is what you're saying. I don't know. I, I'm just saying I don't know. It could have been, absolutely. I think the song uh, I'll Make It Up To You by Imagine Dragons could provide some clarity. To what he's talking about. You're saying lust in the abstract for every woman. For every woman. You're saying lust for the feminine in general. Yeah, I think that's what he's saying. He or even struggled not, with not even lusted for the feminine, just lust in general. I think that you like manly I, lust in general. Because that's the Imagine Dragons song. I think that's what that's talking and, about. Yeah. Well, and he says he says uh, like I never told you I'd be easy to love. I think it was, I felt like a man, or I was supposed to be a man, and I felt like a cub. And what he's saying is like, yeah, I'm a man, like, but I'm also 
I'm also like kind of childish in some ways. Like I still have so desires. I still have issues. I still have. So you're saying the possibility, saying the possibility could be that she's mad about his nature as a lustful man. Yes, and I think that also plays into her saying that there were a couple things that she couldn't come to grips with, and also that he seems to be quite resigned to the fact that he didn't do anything wholly wrong. Hmm. He has issues that he's trying to resolve, but he did not do one particular thing that dealt this fatal blow. And, I mean, I I guess I don't know from a male perspective. Oh, it's bad. (laughs) (laughs) It's real bad. I think there is a a perspective that once you find the person that you want to marry, that all lust towards other people go away, goes away. You would like to believe that, yeah. but it's yeah. never and true. And so, it's, I think it would be, especially for someone who, like, grew up in the church, it would be hard to get engaged and still feel lust towards other people. I think... Right? I, well... Like, I think that in itself would be a hard thing to do, and... I'm not, and a I'm, hard thing to do, like a rare thing to do. No, you think something that it's not you something you're with. going. And so yeah. I, I, I compare it a little bit with the female like purity mu- movement of women feeling guilty about sex even after they're married. Yeah, that's the thing that I think women deal with more than men do, and I think that the church also tells men that their lust. Even their just feelings of lust will go away once they found the one, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And so that could lead to something that feels like cheating to them and that they confess to their partner. I'm not saying that's what happened here. I'm literally well, not saying. I'm just saying yeah. this is something that could happen and that from these lyrics alone, yeah. like I don't want to put anything on anyone, but I could see a situation with people I it, know. It's impossible to tell, but it's all too common <laughs> to say yes. that it's not a possibility. That. A man confesses what he feels to his wife, and she says... Or fiancé. Yeah, or his fiancé, that you don't love me enough to make this stop. Mm-hmm. And I will no longer accept this. I will not accept this, <coughs> period. And that he, for a long time, feels like he cheated on her. Then he comes to, re- like, what I would say is a realization that he did not, and he's dealing with all too common human emotions that he needs help with and support and love through and says i did something wrong but so did you and yeah and if that were the case maybe that time that she's taking is to sort things out like oh maybe this isn't what i thought it was maybe she needs that but he can't it's it doesn't mean that either person is wrong either and i'm a huge person of when something goes wrong it it doesn't necessarily mean that either person did something wrong so that people need different things and so maybe he was not wrong or like in a hypothetical situation, because I literally have no idea what happened here, but this <laughs> well, song makes you think of this, that yeah, we, he doesn't yeah. do anything wrong with having these feelings and coming to her and saying, this is what I'm feeling, blah, 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 need help, whatever. And she says, I don't know how to deal with this because I've been told my whole life by the church that this is how it's supposed to be. And she takes forever and he can't sit around and wait. And neither one of them are wrong. They're both right in Uh, needing what they need. But I would say, I'll just call that what it is, since we're talking about it. I think those are lies from the church. Yeah. I think that women are misled in that realm. 
And men are misled in other ways too, but I think that has been incredibly destructive to a lot of relationships. And we don't even have to be talking about this particular situation anymore, like, with that. But when you say, like, both are right, I think, yes, both are right in their intentions, but the actual matter of the issue has been misconstrued. Well, and I think it's... um... I think that the church is pretty clear on the idea of original sin, and I think that plays into this lustful nature that is in the heart of man, essentially. I think that any Bible-believing, truth-telling church will make that very clear, and any church that I've been very ingrained in, I think has expressed that. So personally, I I haven't been involved in a church that I felt a sugar-coated human nature in that way but i can see how some churches would do that and prosperity gospel would do that well yeah well what katie said earlier about the purity (coughs) movement like women feeling bad about that even after vows have been said and a marriage has been undertaken that is clearly a perversion Not, not a perversion it's a it's a swing too far in the other direction and maybe maybe i just like I said, maybe that's just something that I haven't had personal experience with. So it's not something I can speak to personally. Mm. Yeah. So but I but I understand how it could definitely happen in theory. Yeah. Mm. I think I would, and I don't think this is, so I remember what I was going to say, I don't think this is strictly a problem with the church, but I think this is something that hasn't necessarily been addressed in a lot of the church cultures that I've been a part of. Um, that people have this like feeling that feelings are truth how i feel and how i perceive the world is truth rather than what i know is truth and i think that has an effect on sexuality but i also think it has an effect on um faith and i think it has an effect on self-esteem i think it has an effect on a ton of things and so a man saying i feel lustful and therefore i am lustful and i am cheating is a lie from in effect and instead of taking control of your emotions and saying i feel this way but that's not the truth of who i am and what i'm doing it's a lie from the she devil (laughs) the she devil (laughs) and like saying i so in a lot of uh, in my life especially it's been like i don't feel like god is close when if i look at my life objectively i see blessings upon blessings upon blessings and provision and guidance and protection so it doesn't make any sense that I would feel that way, but I'm like, ah, oh, feelings are truth. How I feel is what the world is. And I think that is a lie, and I think that can be a big thing here of, okay, at first I felt this way, so I confessed it, and then later when I looked at it, I was like, mm, maybe that's not actually what was happening. And yeah. <laughs> so I think there is like a very important thing to have people around you that you can confess your feelings to, that people aren't going to immediately say, oh, feelings, truth. They can say, this is your feeling, and now we're going to go back to the truth. And you would hope that that would be your significant other, but not necessarily. No, because they have their own insecurity. You can't... Your significant other can't be everything to you. And I 100% believe you that, and I think that that is another thing that... And it might not be... That might not be true. I don't have a significant other. But I think that is another thing that the church really propagates, is that your significant other becomes... You're everything to you. 
Um, Her dog is having a seizure. <laughs> that is really crazy important to remember that your significant other has their own insecurities and that you forget about that in the midst of your own insecurities and that they need to support you in your insecurities regardless of theirs mm. and i i want to be clear i think the church does have a lot of work to do in the realm of being open about weaknesses and essential characteristics of what it is to be human and be flawed. I don't think that it's talked openly about how essentially flawed we are about particulars. I think that the original sin and stuff is talked about in, in, in those ways, but definitely it's a shock to some people when they are introduced to the particulars of that kind of thing. Yeah. And I so, and so, so when you talk about particulars like pornography or stuff like that, it may come as a shock to someone if they've grown up in that environment and they don't think that a lot of people watch something like that or are involved in those things. Mm, yeah, it disrupt their sensibilities. Yeah, their rose-colored glasses in some sense. Mm. Yeah, well, I'm glad we had that uh, that conversation because I think it matters. And like I said, it doesn't... And like you said, Kate, it doesn't necessarily pertain to the situation, but it definitely sparks that in the mind. Like, I was I was going to say that, and I was kind of worried to say, because I'm like, man, I don't want to, like, I don't want to, like, bring, like, baggage into this conversation that we don't have to, but these, this imagery kind of sparks that in the mind, I think, pretty quickly about, like, like, what was Medusa in mythology? It was this beautiful woman, but if you looked her in the eye, you turned to stone, and she had snakes for hair, and so, um, I think that is, like, he's referring in some sense to that lustful passion, and that is the, the thing, like, that is the reason that he is in this place, and I think it matters that it's right at the end of the album, and if this is kind of the journey through his mind as he's coping with all of this and coming to grips with everything that's happened and where he finds himself, it does matter that this is at the end as kind of, like, a culminating point but then outro blisters on my feet i crawled back home frozen from the sleep burned sand and stones nourished back to life by life alone with one shake of the mane regain the throne shiver down the spine <laughs> and that that last line he says so like slowly and intentionally mm -hmm. like it's like da 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 with one shake of the mane, regain the throne. Well, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, nourished back to life by life alone. Mm. I mean, Narnia, come on. Well, it can't be, well the can be shake of the mane, yeah. but... Can the, it be anything else? Shake of the mane, well, I mean, the line of Judah and the, all that stuff. I mean, I mean but that is Lewis direct, wasn't the first one who used the line. No, but that's a direct quote from Narnia. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, Aslan shakes his mane and yeah. regains the... It, I mean, I've tried to... I've tried to leave Narnia. <laughs> I have. I've tried with this song. I've said, no I've way. I've tried to go back through the wardrobe. I've said, no <laughs> way is Reliant K going through the wardrobe to Aslan. But... But how can you not? Yeah, I mean, really... <laughs> 
at least in this culture, you, he can't say something like that and not mean Narnia, <laughs> I think. Anyways, but... Well, and, okay, so with that, he's referenced the lion as himself in previous songs, saying, like, lion on his side, was it the lion or his pride which brought him down? Which could it be could be additional culprits to where he finds himself. But here he, like, uses that lion imagery again, and in also in Sahara, he says, to be alone, to be dethroned, believe me, I know all about it now. And so, like, he's saying he's been dethroned, but the lion comes and shakes his mane, regains the throne. So, yes, I think it's a reference to Narnia. Aslan is God in Narnia. Um, for anyone, any listener who didn't know that, probably most <laughs> all of you. Um, but, yeah, I... I think it's really cool because it's so hopeful and like (laughs) those last couple lines Mm -hmm. at the end of all of this, it's clearly, like it is clearly a desert of his mind and it's clearly this hard thing to work through, but like nourished back to life by life alone. To me, that speaks to saying nothing saved me except life itself because there's nothing else left to save me. I I also want to say like... When that line is done at the end of the album, I think, like, just about every time, I think, like, wait, that's it? (laughs) Like, that is the end? It's hard because it kind of comes out of the blue. Mm. Like, nourish back to life by life alone with one chick of the man regain the throne. That's it. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? So, it's kind of like, it kind of has, like, shock value for that reason, too. I also think it's very juxtaposed with despair and hopefulness. Mm. Blisters on my feet, I crawled back home. To me, that is very much the prodigal son. He was eating, he wanted to eat with pigs. He came back home to be a servant. He crawls back home. He also was frozen from the sleet, burned sand and stones. Like, just this, this picture of someone who has been so far from home and in such terrible conditions and just trying to get back there. And all of a sudden it's nourished back to life by life alone, by forgetting and not slowing down, by just living life and continuing on despite this terrible stuff that's happening. And then with one shake of the mane, regain the throne. Like it's, it's a little strange because the first three lines seem like they're talking about him. And the last line, at least as we've interpreted it, is not him regaining the throne. Hmm. It's God as the line of Judah, as Aslan regaining the throne. In his life? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, he is crawling home with blisters on his feet. He's frozen. He's burned. He's crawling over stones. And he's saying, I went on with life, and I was nourished back, and God regained the throne. Yeah, and the, the annotation on Genius says that he's a lion here. I don't buy it because the, the whole rest of the album, he does not have the power or the ability to shake his mane once and regain the throne. It's like, it was a hard fall, it was a long fall, and again, it's <laughs> pretty evidently a reference to Aslan in Narnia. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I find it hard to believe that he's a lion in this, in this sense. I think it's the lion imagery, it's the throne imagery used again, but he's saying like, Life, like like you said, Eli, if Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, life alone, in its essence, 
would have to be God in human form, or God in some form. The spirit of yeah. the transcendent God. Yeah, and so if that's what he's talking about, shaking of the mane, regain the throne, has to be of the same subject. Well, and I do think it's strange to say with one shake of the mane. Like, it's effortless. Yeah. yeah. He went through all of this, and then God well, said... That, that, I don't know. D- doesn't that mean that God allowed it to happen, and then says and then comes in at the end and says okay you've done what you need to do and that's all that's all you need to do yeah and with one shake of the mane here i I take care of it Mm, gosh i love a guy loves this song good stuff yeah all right any any closing thoughts on the album as a whole honestly one of my absolute favorite albums if not my favorite i mean it's i'm uh you you guys honest you guys got the gist of this album a lot it's a lot earlier than i did i didn't get it until earlier this year but i'm glad i did mm. and anyone listening to this podcast should go listen to the album if you haven't already yeah go listen to the album and see for yourself just what we're talking about thank you guys for joining me it's been fun it's been a great time our analysis of Forget and Not Slow Down, part two. Uh, there was a unexpected dog seizure toward the end there, so I just threw in a transition. <laughs> Hopefully it wasn't too distracting. Now the dog wasn't actually seizing. I think she was having a dream, just for any concerned listeners. Yeah, hopefully this was some helpful conversation. Um, I love it if more people jumped into the conversation, told us what they thought. Uh, like I mentioned in the first part of this episode, I, I'm planning on having Jacob and Rachel on to discuss more of the album, uh, get their reordered album uh, in the chronological order as they see it. And so uh, looking forward to that in a later episode. And until then, this has been Points of Intersection. We'll see you next time.